It's Wednesday, November 30th. Welcome to the Jazz Joe Hall Show. Hope you're doing well. Stick with us. We'll get you home on this beautiful day. I'm going to go out on a limb and say maybe today's commute will go a lot better than last night's. As we all know, Metro Vancouver and the Fraser Valley are still dealing with the aftermath of a snowstorm that dumped up to 20 centimeters of snow on the ground. There was chaos on the roads and bridges in every region of the Lower Mainland last night as vehicles were calling or at a complete standstill. Now the Alex Fraser Bridge for an extended time didn't see traffic being able to get through thanks to many spun out vehicles and stuck semis. Now with lanes, when the lanes were starting to open up after midnight, drivers were warned to, uh, to still expect long delays and hours later heavy traffic continued to a crawl. Now, on the George Massey Tunnel, where I had some experience last night, and I'll share that in a few minutes, uh, lots of problems there, including an accident which forced the uh, the, uh, southbound side of Highway 99 to be closed. It meant many hours of sitting and waiting for drivers, even well past midnight and into the overnight hours when the snow turned into a light shower. Now, even when you were able to get through the tunnel, Highway 99 southbound to Delta and into South Surrey was a crawl. Now, imagine that, folks. Snow in late November, in Canada, in a supposed G7 country. How did that happen? Why weren't we able to deal with it? I mean, it was incredible when uh, you follow social media and you hear those stories. It was absolutely horrendous. Take a listen to the commuters trying to make it home last night. Tonight, in the Vancouver, B.C. area, the only Canadian city that never prepares for snow or has any idea what to do when snow comes. Classic Vancouver loses its mind when snow hits. I've been stuck on the highway for almost, actually more than seven hours from Richmond to Surrey. And they said that on Alex Fraser, there are a couple of buses and semi that spun out. I totally get that, but seriously, seven hours, you still can't fix it. That's insane. I left my work at four and it's 11.35. Is this a lane? I'm pretty sure it is because I drive this road all the time. That guy's driving with any lights on because here we go, in BC, this is what we do. One in the morning, this is what you get. do the job when you're in town. It was a complete mess. Government was not prepared. Hence, afternoon commuters ran anywhere, commutes ran ran anywhere from 6 to 12 hours. Think about that for a second. 6 to 12 hours. This was, for me, uh, a clear example that government wasn't prepared or thinking perhaps, oh, look, this will blow over in a day, it'll melt, we don't really need to worry about. What they did do was they didn't respect the time of hardworking taxpayers, parents, students, small business owners, and immigrants. And I want to put this in context for you. We're a city of two and a half million people in the Northern Hemisphere. I've lived in big cities. I've dealt with traffic before. I lived in India, Mumbai, a city of 25 million people. The longest rush hour I saw in an afternoon I had to deal with was five hours. I've lived in China, Beijing, a city of 19 million people. The longest rush hour I had to deal with, four and a half hours. Last night, After Pledge Day, I stayed downtown, had dinner, left at 8 o'clock thinking, all right, maybe that will help. Well, guess what? Of course, there's a bottleneck at the uh, Oak Oak Street Bridge. I was heading back to Tawasson, and that I expected. Yes, it took a little while, but boy, that was nothing. That was just preparation for what was coming on Highway 99 when you cross over from the Oak Street Bridge. We moved a little bit, and there would be times we didn't move whatsoever, and it was icy. Boy, was it icy. At one point, I was underneath an overpass, 
And the semi behind me, the driver pops out. He goes, can you move ahead 10 feet? And he asked the driver ahead of me to move 10 feet just so we could get under the overpass because his own truck was starting to slide because of the ice. It wasn't safe. It was a tad dangerous uh, when somebody in a semi has to come up to you and ask you to move forward because he's worried about the truck. I had left at 8 o'clock last night to head home. I was expecting maybe two, three hours. Let's, worst case scenario, no. I got home last night at 4 a.m., an eight-hour commute in a city of two and a half million people with a bit of snow, a dusting of snow, really, in the grand scheme of things. Canada, winter, who, who would have known? It's appalling that we've allowed our city to get to the point that we can't deal with a little bit of snow. Just think about that for a second for a moment. We spent $10 million for this entire region for snow removal. Montreal, $187 million. Toronto, $109. Calgary, $52 million. We spend $10 million for the entire Metro Vancouver region. Yes, it snows less here, but when it does, it shuts down this city, and that's part of the problem. We really need to start looking at fundamentally dealing with these situations in a much different way. First of all, just moving traffic. There has to be better pract- best practices somewhere else, other cities, where they, when there is an accident, we move uh, the cars, vehicles, semis out of the way in a much faster way. Does that mean more tow trucks near choke points? Perhaps it does. Do we have to invest in it? Perhaps we do. But we need to be looking at that very issue because it happens way too often, way too often. Snow removal. That's number two. Why does it take so long? Why do some cities do it well and others not? It's a balkanized governance structure once again. Vancouver may do it well one time, Surrey doesn't. Surrey does it well, guess what? Coquitlam doesn't do it well. There's no way of working together just for basic snow removal. I mean, did we not learn anything from the last atmospheric river? What if an earthquake were to hit? Imagine that for a second. Here's Brad West, the mayor of Port Coquitlam, uh, upon hearing about this snowstorm coming and he told us what his small community did. Now, I think anyone with a weather app on their phone knew that snow was coming in the forecast. So well before we experienced what we did yesterday, uh, our crews were already prepared. Our trucks were ready to go. Our supplies were in place. Uh, everything was prepped. Our crews were scheduled to be able to provide 24-hour coverage. And we had a plan. We had a plan in terms of the routes that were going to be prioritized based on local conditions. And then we went and executed our plan. So it's not rocket science. <laughs> Apparently it is here in Vancouver. I don't see too many other mayors stepping up and talking about what they did or didn't do. Some communities did it better. I, I, I don't, uh, uh, I'm not saying they don't. I know first responders work very hard. I see them out there. So right now, today, we should have the Minister of Transportation talking to British Columbians. 75% of this city is suburban. And yesterday, your provincial government and some municipal governments didn't respect those very suburbanites. I'm expecting Rob Fleming to speak today, but he's not around. So what are we going to do? Let's hand it to a bureaucrat no one's heard of. Here's Janelle Strait, Regional Deputy Director of Highway Services, and her reasoning and what we should have done when it comes to the snow event yesterday. At the end of the day, what we what we need to rely on is making sure that when folks are traveling on the roads, that they have their vehicle equipped to do so safely. And if they if they don't have a vehicle that's able to travel safely, look at alternate options, be it transit, be it a, a taxi service or an Uber service, or or frankly, stay home if you don't need to be out on the roads. Well, respectfully, Ms. Strait, uh, eight hours, eight hour commute home, I'm not going to be helped by transit. I'm not going to be helped by Uber. But snow removal would have helped. 
The ability for first responders to get to that accident, the tunnel, quickly would have helped, as I've said. What's the best practices when it comes to removing accidents? What, what cities do it well in North America? Number two, snow removal, which I've already said. And number three, could you imagine if it was a 10-lane uh, bridge today, which would have been completed a few months ago? At least you could have had one lane open out of those 10 lanes, or sorry, out of the five lanes heading southbound. You're not going to do that with a 60-year-old tunnel, are we? That's point number three. We do not build enough infrastructure in this city and in this country. There's a $150 billion infrastructure shortage. And yesterday was a glaring reminder of that. We're going to cover that specific issue at 405. But once again, removing accidents quickly. One, two, snow removal. Two, three, infrastructure. There is a deficit when it comes to our infrastructure. And I cannot believe a first world country, a G7 nation, and a bit of snow... And we had that mess yesterday. Once again, don't worry about talk show hosts not getting home. Worry about mothers who were trying to desperately pick up their kids from daycare. Or that truck driver, many of them immigrants, who've got bills to pay, still trying to find their way in this country. Stuck there idling for six, seven, eight hours. Parents, small business owners. This is a failing of municipal government and provincial government. 911.